0: Spawn on me is the premier podcast spotlighting people
1: of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Brocango, y'all. Everybody doing okay? I hope you all doing all right. This is Spawn on me. This is a this is the podcast rocking with you, getting it in, making it happen. The best show on Twitch. The best show on the planet, making sure that you're all fantastic with all the work that you do. This is the Spawn of Me podcast hosted with Kylee Adams. I am your host, Kylee Adams. I hope you're all doing well. Hope everybody is having a wonderful week. I hope you're all having a dope, dope, almost vacation. It is almost time for all of you to have your moment in the sun or the shade or (laughs) wherever you go wherever you wherever you're rocking wherever you're residing residing uh, i hope you're all having fun hope you're all having a good time and and rocking it out with me uh here on the show it has been a whirlwind of god it's been just the busiest of days it has been just a ridiculous amount of stuff happening it's been so so good to get all of the great energy that we have within the space coming through, you know, a lot of good folks out in the world, coming, coming together and and, and having a fun time. Um, you know, I was at the game awards. We're going to talk a little bit about that this week. You know, if you missed last week's episode, you missed a really good one. Again, you know, we're talking about, you know, going down to LA and, and rocking here and hearing all the conversation happened within the space. Um, and it was just, um, you know, a pretty phenomenal, week for me and for the show again i think a lot of that stuff again all of that goodness stems from all of you at home you know and and all the folks who have been in Chicago who have who have consistently and constantly uh you know been at the forefront of you know pushing the show and and giving us good vibes giving me good vibes in the space it is something that is phenomenal it is something that i that i really you know take to heart it is something i really care about and really appreciate Um, And it's great. We have a lot of dope folks in the chat tonight, hanging out and listening to the show here live on twitch.tv slash spawn on me. If you are new to our show, uh, welcome. You know, Brocago is our fictional land of mystery uh, in which we reside. All of our Brocago residents. Uh, If you are a returning champion to our show, thank you always for coming back. It's always fantastic to have you here uh, as a part of our show uh, that we do live here. And then if you're listening in audio version on all podcast platforms, Spotify, Amazon music, Apple, Apple podcasts, all the places that you can think of Spotify. I think I said already, but all of those places are where you can go get the show. Subscribe, tell a friend, let everybody know what's good. Uh, and then you'll have more Bricago in your ears every week because uh, we drop a new show every Friday uh, on all of those services. Uh, YouTube is usually where the show goes up probably about a week afterward. Uh, you know, usually we, we drop the show on Friday then the, the, the the YouTube version goes up on that Monday. Uh it's been a little bit busy so I haven't had a chance to kind of put up shows uh in the way that I usually do uh but I will say it has just been so awesome to get all these folks who I'd never, you know, uh, heard from before or you know there's been so much good conversation and energy around all of that. Um so let's talk about all the stuff that's going on. But I think the first thing we should do uh, is we should dig directly into all the stuff that's happening in the 411. So, first up on the show is we have a lot of conversations around the Game Awards. Game Awards was super wild. Uh, it was just nuts, uh, to be at the show. Um, it was one of those things that when I, I get a chance to kind of go through and, and, and be a part of the magic, it's always, um, something that just, you know, comes through in this very, very special way. I, it, you know, I, I love having, you know, the space to be around all of my fellow, um, you know, gaming industry folks. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of people in in two years or so. Uh, that th- again, it's like I think one of the things you wind up coming back to when you go to an event like this is you wind up really appreciating just all you know, just about all the relationships you've built over a long period of time. Like I've had a chance to to, to be with some of the biggest and best and brightest folks within the space for you know almost seven years in terms of like really getting in and feeling like I was like in the spot. But having so many good folks share so many good words uh over the past, you know, gosh no gosh knows how many years uh at this point, um, really kind of came to a head uh this year. You know, the game awards finally came back in a in a spot where you could have actual human beings at the show. Um it was uh, brilliant to be able to not only have, uh, you know, the industry come together in this kind of really special night. I think Jeff Keeley again, did a fantastic job of, of, of ushering in this new layer of the game awards. I think every year it gets better. Um, this year I think was really interesting because of that return, having people back in the, in the seats, you know, live during the game awards and watching all the, you know, the pomp and circumstance happen on the, on the floor of, of, of the Microsoft theater and, and, and having everyone together and and meeting and meeting new people who we hadn't met before. Um, I'm always nervous about stuff like that because one COVID COVID is just wild and you don't know if people are going to do the right thing 2 Um, it's been weird. Like no one knows what to do. Do you give somebody a hug? Do you dap them up? Do you hit them with the elbow move? Like, you know, nobody knows what to do anymore when it comes to actually like being in spaces with other human beings, which I thought to be pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, Those things are always wild. Uh, You just don't know how that how those things work. But I will say one of the things that that really came through is that, man, there are just so many good people in this industry, Uh, you know, building really fantastic relationships is the key to all of this my friend my good friend sterling mcgarvey and sean alexander allen both had told me over the years of like again the thing that you're trying to do in this space is to build good relationships and try to find ways that you can connect with people on a real human level and a lot of that came through in a way that i didn't expect this year um you know we'll talk a little bit about the shirt that i'm wearing i'm wearing my spawny shirt we'll talk a little bit about that but i was um you know, added to the list of amazing recipients of the kind of global gaming citizen award, or at least, you know, being, you know, tapped with that as, as, as a part of that, which was, it's just mind bending how far we've come in the past couple of years. Again, like I, as a person who was potentially going to stop doing this a couple of years ago, Now having 2021 be our biggest year ever with billboards in Times Square, with all the stuff that we've been doing in terms of connections and meeting people and doing that kind of work. And then, you know, to have, you know, the the culmination of this year, you know, as we as we close it out, be a nod at the biggest gaming show on the planet With, with that last year had like 80 million people watch it. I don't even know yet because the numbers haven't come out about how many people have watched it, but knowing that at least even if they just hit that level again this year, that 80 million people might've seen my face and seen the work that we're doing at spawn on me with a lesson in blackness. And you know, all the conversations that happened during that part of the year and a part of our lives was just, you know, you sit back for a moment and you kind of try to take it in. And I still don't know if I've actually like absorbed all of that. Um, in that way, ghetto nerd society in the chat says, I'm glad you didn't quit fam. I was close. Like, you know, whoever's listening to this show right now and if you're a content creator, you kind of don't know what's around the corner. Keep going. Like I literally was about to mop it all up before the studio stuff happened before, you know, uh, me, me and, 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 a couple other folks who were going through it in a real way, we were like, I don't know if this is it anymore. I don't know if we're going to get any more listeners. I don't know if the show is going to grow. Of course we're we're growing slowly. Um, we're not growing as fast as I hope we will, but you know, we're still growing in some ways. Like the note the the visibility is, is off the charts right now. But I think in terms of what we want to do, like I'm always looking for us to get bigger and for, for for the show to get better in that way. Um, but I'm happy. I didn't quit either. Like I, I think when I'm linking about all the things that have pushed forward and so many good people I've gotten a chance to meet and so many opportunities that have come up, um, I'm happy. I didn't quit either. Um, so, the thing that sticks into my head about a lot of the show, um, again, like we we all kind of sat in in similar positions or similar spaces within the within the building. You know, it wasn't a it was assigned seating, so you really didn't sit with your friends. Which was excuse me, which was a little bit of a bummer. But you know, we all kind of walked in together. We all like met up before the show me danny paris you know aaron uh, ashley simon uh you know rihanna you know a whole bunch of folks we all got together and then we 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 trooped over you know big dog style and walked over into the into the game awards and it felt great like it was nice to have that layer of love around you um which which was great the show itself was was pretty fantastic i think you know it was interesting it was like wow to see sting in person uh, you know, I was, I was hanging out with Aaron Greenberg and a couple other folks, and we were all talking about, you know, the way the show was going. Um, and I had known that I was going to be in the show since about August or so. They had had a, a, a film crew, a local film crew come over, come over to my home. You know, they filmed in, 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 the basement, they filmed in, in my living room and, and, and put everything together and then getting a chance to kind of like see a rough cut, uh, of some of the stuff and being really happy and proud about like, what was the space that we kind of lived in, in that moment. So I have to, again, like, thank folks like Pika, uh, Pikachu Trulita. go follow her, you know, you know, uh, Paris, Lily, you know, Cameron Hawkins and bless the audio, junior zombie kills. Like those folks in that moment spent time with me in a way that is not easy to do. And also gave their raw, like their raw emotions to the internet, which is a thing that also is, very difficult to do you never really get good energy off of that uh especially when you're talking about things around blackness and talking about racism and talking about all those things i do want to show you a quick uh video that i took while i was at the game awards this is me uh recording you know from my phone onto the screen um uh you know uh, of my section coming up uh, in the show um I, i don't know I've never had this feeling before. Um, I want to share with you and then I'll talk a little bit about it right afterward. Ideally, this is Kylie here. The of in the video game I think when you have those really seminal moments within culture and within the world where you see something that throws you, you know, you just don't know what to do. You feel confused, you feel upset, you feel hurt. But you think that I can do it and put out to a world as a show. I know that things right now are very, very difficult. I know that things are all over the place in lots of different ways. It's scary, man. I mean it's that's just there's no other way to put it. It is scary to be black in this country today. I'm a black
0: mom, so I'm scared.
1: A lot of people in community communities just don't Woo! want to hear it. Two hours or so, just kind of ran through our feelings and emotions. Because it's all I don't want to bring politics. Well, I'm
0: only glad that you can ignore the shit because it's "quote unquote" politics
1: and this is a lot of people's reality. So the show goes up, launches. So I would see all these tweets: Hey, you need to listen to this. Hey, you need to check this out. Hey, you need to be paying attention to this. And then one of the big outlets on it and Then it just moved. let's just speak the 100% truth. You know, I'd always wanted to use my voice in a way that felt powerful really bring home the conversation about doing a show through a prism of blackness. I think we did the job in a really good way. And I think the world and the industry was better for it. So, you know, that moment was wild, you know, like the, the things that kind of came through were one, I didn't expect people to cheer for me. (laughs) Like that was wild. Like the interesting thing about gaming shows is like, people don't clap. (laughs) People don't get excited. People don't have that moment where they're like cheering in that way. It is very rare to go to a gaming uh, conference or a show like this, an award show where people are like actually clapping. The thing that was wild was that I got more applause than Sting did in the room. That was nuts. Like that was the wildest thing. I think of everybody who got shown that night, I might have gotten the biggest round of applause for that piece that they did on me, Pika, Zombie, Bless, Paris, and Cam. Like, how? Like, how do you? How do you? How do you really like pull that into your body and absorb that, right? Like that's love. Like that tells me a lot about the work that I get a chance to do, the 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 work that all of you. As as listeners of our show, you know how you how you are bringing such good energy to the universe. I think that is dope. So I think we get a chance to, you know, with our show, with Spawn on Me, with with the energy that we're putting out to the world, we get to be a force for good here. And I think, you know, we, we have some new folks in the chat who who have come by who 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 are finding us from the game awards and stuff like that you know, thank all of you for being there. I can thank, thank everybody who's, who's been here from the beginning. We have a lot of folks. So I got a chance to see punctified who you usually kind of see in the chat uh, every week. Uh, I saw him, I see him at most of the gaming conferences and I go and give him love all the time. Cause he's a, he's a big, um, you know, proponent of the show and, and, and shares the show out. And I saw him and he was like, man, it's like, I'm so happy and proud of you, man. And I'm like, look, I'm happy. I'm happy too. Like, I think we get a chance to build something here that is long lasting. And I think no matter what the haters say, no matter what the folks who are like, I saw somebody in that video who I don't like, we have made history here at spawn on Me. We've made it, a, we've made it a couple of times over. And I think, you know, we continue some of that stuff with the spawnies that I'll talk a little bit about later. Um, but, but. I, I always leave the microphone, turn off these lights in the studio and I feel good about the work that I get a chance to do the, the, the ability to engage in that with all of you at home here on Twitch, all of you listening in, in, in audio format, uh, on the podcast services, you have no idea how much, you know, how much, how much good it feels or how good it feels to be able to put something out in the world that people um, have good feelings towards and have good vibes for. So I would say if you're a content creator, you're listening, keep going. Like it's hard. It's difficult. It is not easy. Uh, it is something that takes a lot of time and effort. You have to really roll with the punches all the time. But what you can do is you can find whatever your niche is. You can continue to push down that path and you can find ways to be useful in this space and especially in the gaming industry that has so much gross in it. This past week was such a love fest for everybody that I saw. People came up to me and they were like, yo, you motherfucker. I didn't know you were going to be in the game awards. And I was like, I couldn't tell you, I'm sorry. Uh, and all the other people who, you know, I saw Sessler who, who I love and, 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 gave him a hug. And, and, you know, so many people who have been in this space for just like have opened so many doors for, for, for me and so many other people, like, open doors for people. Don't leave people behind, you know, don't throw people away. Again, I say that because the conversation around my piece and whoever was in it, there's a lot of conversation there about people who, who, who got thrown away. And I'm like, I understand that there are people who have made mistakes in this planet. I understand that that's the thing, but I don't want to throw away everybody just for the sake of people, fucking it up. Um, And I would implore you to think about that too, you know, again, just think about it. It's not, not, not laying down any decrees. I would just say everyone on that show had a contribution. Everyone on that show the both shows, you know, less than blackness one and two contributed in a way, um, that, 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 that was long lasting. And I don't ever want to diminish that. I don't think that that's, that's fair. Um, so, the only other thing that I would say is it takes two did not deserve to win game of the year. That is some wild shit. I don't understand any of that. I don't know how that happened. I don't know who voted for that. I'm happy for for Ferris. I think that's great. He had his moment in the sun. We talked about you know his children, all that stuff that was beautiful. I thought that was great. But the uh, that gets game of the year. That's wild. I don't understand that at all. That made no sense to me. I don't know what the hell that was about. That didn't make any sense at all. I was like, what? in the crack is that I don't understand it. That makes, that makes no sense. We're going to talk about the story of the week, the week that was the thing that is burning up the internets uh, as they would say. And that is cracker gate. We going to talk about cracker gate because you know, what's interesting is the fact that you can have hate raids happen on Twitch You can have black people called out of everything. You can have try hard emotes all over the place. You can have a whole bunch of stuff happen towards black and brown people. But as soon as you say cracker, then people get banned. I think that's ridiculous. (laughs) That is just unreasonable. The fam, Hassan Piker, um, and uh, Hassan, like, again, I I doubt you're watching this. And if someone's, you know, clip this part, if you want to, open invitation for you to come on the show. I've been a big fan of your work since uh, since I finally, I'm sorry, since I initially saw you on the Young Turks, you know, I love the fact that you're doing, you know, conversations around po- politics on this platform that is always talking about not talking about politics. At least uh, that's what most streamers talk about. But the wildest shit is this conversation around CrackerGate. So Hassan, you know, uh, <laughs> he was on stream, uh, there was a, I'm going to read it from the Kotaku article. Uh, thank you for t- Kotaku for, for doing this. Uh, the, the article reads as such the band wave began as Piker's mods who removed uh, after using the words in chat earlier this week, some of Piker's fans consider the term hateful and out of line. Piker did not. He says, excuse me. And I quote, I've been called cracker more times than every single one of you fucking pasty little cracker bitches in my chat. Okay. You said at one point. Uh, after Pinky came, uh, came to his mod's defense, he was also hit with a ban starting on December 13th. Whether or not Cracker should be a bannable offense was catapulted into the discourse, meaning that streamers like Ian Vouch, uh, Kaczynski started using the term in their commentary on the controversy, only to get banned for it. Another streamer, Fawn, was also banned for the same reason. The most interesting thing about this was, and now that I've said it three times, I've said Crackergate, I've said Cracker, I've said all the stuff. I'm sure that the this, this stream will now get ethered and put into, you know, a dragon gate. Here's the wildest thing that I heard about all this stuff. So I tweeted about this being stupid on Twitch. I mean on Twitter. And I had so many people jump on the tweet thread and talk about the etymology of cracker. I I don't care about the layers. Of how people are trying to pretzel themselves around and out of the word and term cracker. The most interesting thing about all of this is that in a space in which black and brown streamers, people of color, underrepresented folks on a platform that we are streaming on right now today have had almost a year long, I mean, again, more than, but a very difficult year with which that they have had to kind of maneuver and build up walls and defenses even stronger than the ones that they had prior because of multiple layers of grossness that came from the community and a slowness for Twitch to kind of figure out some good tools to be able to do this. And again, like I have, I understand how technology works. I understand that you can't just be magically like, fix it. That's not the way any of this stuff works, but the fact that the system itself, which I think of course there's some automated tools. I'm sure that go into the way that these things kind of get caught, but it also is a really interesting thing to see just how quickly the response was from whatever layer it was in the, in the system that was like cracker is a terrible term against white folks, but try hard and KFC emotes that happened some years ago and all these other layers that were in the mix have been running rampant for more than a year and sure some of those things get caught by the filters but I've never seen someone get snatched up for such a not terrible phrase for that to be a thing again my thing is this as a person of color, as a black man on this planet, uh, I'm sorry. Jared John says now people want to talk about crit- critical race theory. Now that we're talking about crackers, sweet baby Jesus! Again, critical race theory—that's a whole nother conversation. Again, critical race theory is 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 totally fine. Like if you're wilding out about critical race theory, you're you're stupid. The as many times as I have been mad about stuff in front of white people, around white people in spaces where I'm actually being given racist energy. There is nothing like if I, if I screamed at white people, you are the most cracker ass cracker of crackerness on the planet if I would have machine gun Ritz crackers and saltines at human beings, if I was to wear some weird shirt that was like cracker lives matter, (laughs) it still doesn't do anything in terms of the racial structures, the, 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 the racial power dynamics within this country and around the world. There is no power behind the word cracker in the same way that there is is there, that there is power around the word nigger. There just isn't. It just doesn't work that way. There is no analog one to one that's like cracker and nigger the same. It's not the same. It's not the same level of historical uh uh run and ad break to disabled Ah, come on, Twitch. Anyway uh there is no complete analog one-to-one that's like hey this word is just as bad as this word because if it was then you wouldn't see people say n-word we'd be like the c-word which one which one which one do you want to use is it the one that you usually kind of think about if you're talking about things in a misogynistic way or you're talking about white people the funny thing is this is one of those moments where white fragility is given this pedestal and this layer of importance when we are still trying to debate. I don't understand why if white people are being oppressed, if white people are being discriminated against, if white people are finding these things to be, you know, this insurmountable amount of brownness, that is keeping them from doing shit. That's not the way any of this has ever worked. Not in my lifetime, not in the lifetime of most of the people who are listening to this, not in the lifetime of most people who have had media, not in the lifetime of anybody who's seen this and not in the lifetime of anybody who's gonna be here after I'm gone. This is not the same stuff. Hassan, shout out to Hassan. He has a platform, right? He was mad. I understand it. It's not my, it's not my turn of phrase. Like I'm not like, like, again, that's a very old nonsensical word because it doesn't have power in that way. But it is one of those weird things where I'm just like, if we're going to elevate whiteness in this same way, then you should be doing everything you possibly can to make sure that all the other people who are actually being, being discriminated against and actually are, who are disenfranchised, who are actually affected by the power dynamics of whiteness and white supremacy in this planet. And especially the ones who are here on this platform every day, busting their asses to make, to make themselves feel good and to give themselves a space to make the same kind of content that I want to make. And that's content that makes people happy. And that's content that entertains people. That's content that showcases blackness in a way That is something that no one else can do on this planet, but us. And it's a thing that we continuously miss on this platform. It's a thing that I continuously try to figure out good ways to connect between the video game space, the media space and all the things in between it. But you can't ban people for being like the dude said cracker. Who are the white people who are coming out and being like, I'm a cracker, so this offends me. Are you really, (laughs) are you really standing crackerness? Like, is that the thing? Are we really standing that? Is that the thing that you're, is this the, (laughs) is this the saltine hill that people are willing to die on? This is some wild shit. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. It makes absolutely no sense for this to be what this means. And to have this cat who for the most part has been one of the biggest proponents of bringing really interesting and smart conversation to a platform that doesn't like that stuff. Or at least, you know what, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that the platform doesn't like it. I'm going to say that the the consumer base and the uh, 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 creator base don't like it. It is very difficult to do political conversation on this platform because people are scared. And to be fair, people are kind of, you know, wishy-washy about that stuff because it hits their bottom line because they don't want to talk about truthful shit that's different that's different i mean i can own that like i know that that's the case because i do that work all the time when i'm on my show so like it's not the same thing so cracker gate is dumb i don't understand it it makes no sense i'm hoping that you know the folks who are who are twisting the knobs on moderation can can understand why that was over the line why that doesn't really make a lot of sense uh but it is like one of the funniest things that i've seen on here in a long time cuz i'm just like are we really going to start digging through all the the like super old unreasonable names for stuff like you know if someone gets on like again like these are like the oldest of potential anti, supposedly anti-white sentiment um, terms. Like if somebody was like, oh, you know, Peckerwood is gonna be the thing that I'm like, 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 (laughs) like we know the terms because we grew up in spaces where that conversation happened. I've been in those spaces. I know what it's like to be in a place where racism is put upon you and you have other words to fight against your oppressor or fight against oppression but you're like throwing rocks at a metal, at a metal tank. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's really stupid. So to see people be this fragile about this layer of what it means in that way is laughable. It is unreasonable. It is very, very stupid and it makes no sense. So, you know, I don't know how long Hassan is going to be, is going to be banned for. I hope it's not a long ban. Uh, And I hope that, you know, I hope that he comes through and and, and rocks on the show. Um, I'm gonna read a quick uh, tweet, not a quick tweet, or a quick sentiment from the chat. Litchi Boba says: First, they normalize the c-word. Then white people won't get bank loans. Then their doctors will dismiss their symptoms. Voting stations will close down in white neighborhoods. Over policing and white neighborhoods, etc. <laughs> and sarcasm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the 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 he got a seven day ban for it. Yeah, wow, he got a he got a week ban for that. That's wild. He got a week ban for that. I mean, they may ban me for a week for saying it. But my 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 thing is like this. Again, me using that word has never had enough weight to do any damage to any white person that it was been said to. None. Cuz if you really want to go down the rabbit hole of like how words hurt, we can talk about Amy Cooper who looked a black man in the face in Central Park and was like He's walking towards me on the phone while calling the police, which meant that that cat could have got done in and shot. How many times have we heard people not even use racial epithets towards black people and get them murdered because they understood that whiteness always has power. So the conversation around cracker is ridiculous. It makes no sense. It has no power. In any of the ways that any of the actual other rap- racial epithets that we usually get in other in other groups get, all the time. So we're gonna we're gonna move on from cracker Gate because that thing is stupid. It's it's so dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, next story on the 411 is about uh, Forspoken. uh Shout out to the fan Isaiah Colbert who we had on the show uh, a couple of months ago. At this point, time is flying. Um, uh, this is a really interesting uh, article. So there was a preview event uh, for, uh, for Spoken, a new game coming out of uh, Square Enix. And there have been multiple sentiments around like what, you know, how people kind of coming to the, to the to the thing and did people like it? And, you know, what were people kind of thinking about when they had a chance to kind of, you know, be in that space? Um, it was super cool to see, you know, people were saying like the gameplay looked pretty good and, 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 and layers there there was um i don't even know if this is controversy um or if this is like more uh you know uh, you know people feeling a certain way early on about some of that stuff so uh tom keegan who is the uh let me see not uh, uh let me let me find out where the the thing was so one of the sentiments was around how they were how they were uh, uh, creating the character Frey, who was the main protagonist, who was a black woman in that game. Um, the conversation about how they were building that character up and how they were trying to, uh, uh, you know, you know, think about the origin story for that character and how they're trying to, you know, find a good spot for it was. Um, you know, they wanted this black woman to be at the forefront. They, they talked about her, her kind of, um, initial, uh, 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 you know, origin story about her being, you know, kind of very angry. And she had kind of like fallen to the cracks of the normal society that she was in. Um, and you know, she was on the verge of being in prison before she got thrust into this fantastical world. So that, that's the kind of basis for what this game is. Like she gets thrown from her normal world into this fantastical world and, 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 and she's now there trying to figure out how to get back home and, and all those kinds of things. Isaiah talking about his feelings towards the the piece or what he had seen in the preview was like, a lot of that feels very tropey. It feels very much like these are the things that people kind of, you know, dredge in when they think about how to make black characters. It's always the struggle character. It's always the, you know, they, they, they're on the come up character. They're always the folks who are like, just out of, you know, the reach of, of digging into crime and stuff like that, the thing that the thing that came to the forefront that was also like a twist on the 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 kind of you know the knife was you know the uh, motion capture and voiceover director talking about describing uh, uh actions, the person who was who was uh, you know voicing it and, and kind of like the the visuals for it mannering her checking out her mannerisms was saying that during the capture performance they wanted her to have this kind of hip hoppy kind of walk so isaiah goes on to pen the rest of this piece and he talks about you know why again why it's not okay to kind of one dig into the hippie hippie hoppity walkie thing um and then also you know going through a preview and seeing you know a lot of the folks who were shown in the writer's room were there were no black people in the writer's room So this doesn't feel different than a lot of the stories we see within the gaming space. Often we hear that the folks who are the people who are bringing stories to life, there are very few black people in the writer's room. This happens across all of media all of the time, unless it's a very, very uh, specifically black cast. And, And it's one of those weird things where my initial glance at this makes me upset. And I'm just like, well, what the fuck is a hippity hoppity walk? Like, are they supposed to just, is it what it reminds me of? And I want you to go look this up. If you've never seen this movie, there's a movie called Hollywood shuffle. And there's a moment in that movie, uh, where the actor, Robert Townsend, who wrote and directed it, um, spoke about this one scene that was called black acting school um and he shows he starts the scene and he's in the fields and he's doing this kind of very slavish uh talk he's like hey it's massive you know i got to do all this stuff hey hey all the stuff and then it snaps and he goes he, he starts to talk uh once the scene is cut in his real voice his real voice and he had this like very astute british accent um and he went through the rest of the scene and he's kind of crossing through the scene and all through the, the moments you see these white directors or these white coaches teaching black people what they believe blackness is to be like. So this is one part where this guy, he's like, he's like, Show me your show me your best walk. And the guy is walking and he has like the, the kind of drive, the drive walk. And the guy's like, no, 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 no. He, he's, he's white dude, blonde hair, blue-eyed dude, t- tells the black guy, he's like, No, 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 no. You gotta you gotta do it like this. You gotta you gotta have a walk. <laughs> you gotta have a thing like this. <laughs> And it feels like that, like this feels like that moment where you have these white folks in a room who are talking about blackness in a way that is very much a caricature of what you think blackness can be, should be, and is for what this character is supposed to be. On the flip side of this, there is a layer here and I just saw this fantastic movie I'm, I'm watching, I'm walking through it currently. Um, and it's called, uh, they have, they gotta have us. Um, and it's on Netflix. Um, and it's an anthology. It's a documentary about, you know, black folks who have transcended and who have made black cinema what it is today. And there's this, there's this dope woman who was in there who had done um, a couple, she did so many fantastic movies. I can't think of her name right now, but she talked about the want for, or the need for black writers to be in the room. And she brought up this really great point. She was like, look, she's like one, um, I don't wanna be stuck in a box in which I can only write about black stories. I wanna have the ability to broaden out my, my artistic horizons by being able to write about anything I want, any race of people I want, any kind of people that I want. I don't wanna just have to be able to write about black stories on the inverse of that, you have the conversation. I saw a lot of, uh, of, of comments within this particular article of people being like, well, why can't white writers you know, write black stories or write black characters? And, and, and I sat there with that for a moment and I was like, Hmm, is, is there any, you know, is there any like credence to that statement? And I think, where I'm landing right now is, and again, uh, you know, i you know, anybody who's reasonable will have, will sit down with a conversation and think about it and mull it over in some interesting ways for, for spoken. We don't know yet what layers of blackness they are trying to connect with. I think can white characters write a black can, can white writers write a black character if that character wants to be in black? I say, yeah, I say, yeah, they can. I think we saw some of we saw actually some good stuff there in Mafia Three, where they had a pretty white writer white writer's room, but they had Charles Webb, who was the person who was also in that writer's room to course correct people during that conversation. Now again, Mafia Three was a story that was talking specifically about issues of racism and how it is to be a black person in this space. For spoken so far from everything that I've seen, is not delving into what blackness means in this world. It will be interesting to see if they do delve into that in the spaces that travel and traverse between that kind of real world and this now kind of fantastical world. And if they botch that, then I feel like Isaiah has a lot of meat on the bone to make the argument there for why this is wrong and why they need more black writers in the room. I don't necessarily just think that if you have a black character that you always need black people in the room. I think it absolutely definitely changes the way that your story is going to be told. I think it absolutely makes sure that you are going to be, uh, thinking about things in a better way. I think you're actually going to get more authenticity within that, but I don't know if that really translates always because it depends on what the story is. Do I want white writers writing about the Harlem Renaissance? Fuck no, no, (laughs) that's not what I want if you're writing about just experiences that are in the world and how those things kind of connect to other people and they don't really delve into some of the layers that are there. If again, if you're not basing this thing in the real world, if you're basing any story in the real world, in the world that we know, and you have a black character in it, you need to have black writers in the room. That goes without saying, I think that's, I think that's a, a given you need to be you need to have black writers in the room. If you're talking about the real world or, or analogs to the real world, you need to have black you need to have black writers in the room cuz there's no way white right, white people can get that story right in that way. They don't have the language for it. They don't have the experiences to go along with that. I don't think those things connect in that way. I just don't think that that's real. I've not seen it. And I have evidence of it because there's a very specific thing also that 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 um a director said, and she was like, look, the thing that I know all the time is that black people can, can write the white experience because we live it every day. We live it every day. The only thing that we don't connect to when it comes to the white experience is the power dynamic. Cause we don't get it. We don't get a chance to, 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 to absorb that and use that as a part of our ethos. We don't get that. That's the one part of whiteness that we don't get a chance to do experiences that happen that are default experiences across every human being that we wind up having love, you know, uh, angst, you know, depression, all of those things are human traits that we all have, but they are very different experiences depending upon who and where you wind up being in and how, what body you inhabit and how the world interacts with that body and the world interacts with that person and all those things and how those things connect. But I, you know, I could write a story that is so, something that white people could act out. White, black people don't have to, black people don't, I'm sorry, white people don't have to interact with blackness if they don't want to. They don't. That's the wildest shit. It's like white people can absolutely remove themselves from all forms of blackness, except our culture. That's the only place that they cannot hide from us is, is, is culture because we are the culture. Everything that happens on this planet that's hot, it comes from us. Ninety-nine point set. All that stuff comes from us. So, like, all of that is a thing that again, you have to then manage what those expectations are and how all that stuff kind of kind of means in the real laid down version of what this means from like an actual human perspective, from an actual, you know, understanding the world and how we actually interact with each other in a real way. I think that is a thing that, 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 that makes sense when you're thinking about those kinds of layers to it. So I would say, think about, you know, how that works. I think I, I think i I'm, I'm more willing to give them a moment of let's see where this lands. Once I get a chance to see what the story is about, once I get a chance to see how the conversations work, once I get a chance to see how the characters work in between themselves and around the world and all those kinds of bits. That's me trying to be nuanced for what the situation is, but the underlying understanding of like most times when white writers get into the room and do the conversation about what black characters can do, they usually get it wrong. Like, you know, Isaiah's trepidation about where these characters are going to work and how this character is going to do what it does. doesn't come from nowhere. It's not like we don't have evidence of it. And we do, it's not like we don't have evidence directly from square edicts. Talk about Barrett, pre Barrett, not, not new Barrett, old Barrett. Talk about some other stuff. There's like, this. it's not like Square Enix has been knocking out of the park with black characters forever. Like there is evidence of the, 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 (laughs) that it's not been that way. So I would say, you know, pay attention to stuff like that, because I think that's what the actual crux of some of this stuff is and why that stuff is important and, and all those things. I think that's where, it actually matters in a, in a, in a real way. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting space right now in which we, in which we live in. I think it's going to be, you know, pretty wild to see how everything works in that way. Uh, and, and I'm hoping to see how it all kind of plays itself out when it comes time for Forspoken, uh, to be out in the world. And, you know, we, we'll hopefully review it and check it out and, and give you a real lowdown on some of that stuff as well. So, we're going to take a quick break right about now, uh, but before we do, I want to show you all a really awesome uh, gift that I got, or not a gift, but something I got uh, from the folks over at Atari. The folks from Atari sent over an Atari VCS uh, for me to check out and and play around with. I've been messing around with it for a couple of days, and it's it's so good. Like, you know I'm old. So it's like me getting a chance to, you know, play around with technology and games that I remember from way back in the day is always super cool. I wanted one of these when they first talked about them because I was like, "Ooh, this is going to be fire!" Did I get a chance to like play around with one of these and feel the old controller and all that kind of stuff? So we're gonna have a uh, fantastic code, a promo code, Spawn. Uh, if you go to AtariVCS.com and go check out the console, you can go there and and, and go uh, check it out, go cop one of these. You get, I think you get $10 off any system if you use the code spawn, you know, it is really cool to kind of go back into the retro space, over a hundred games, uh, free Atari classics, modern PC games, you know, Xbox games. You can play Netflix and Disney plus on here. You know, it has a browser. So you can even go check out the web on there. And it's really cool. Cause you can actually even put more storage on here uh, in the way that you would with a with a with a PC or kind of a micro PC. So you can go to bestbuy.com, games.com, microcenter.com. Go give them some love over on the Atari VCS side of things. I am um, very happy with what I've been able to play with. I feel like they even they, they even made the design so much better and so much cooler. So before we go uh take a quick break, take a quick look at this. Uh, and then we'll be right back after this with more Spawn on Me in your face. We'll be right back after this. Hey, Prokago. Merrick
0: Kay here from Fanbyte. Did you know that Spot On Me is a part of the Fanbyte Podcast Network? we produce a ton of other great shows like Channel F a podcast where we talk about the games we're playing can I just say how much I would love for there to be a Hitman game that's just about making people experience embarrassing social faux pas trying to like prank people and make it seem like they had farted or like tripped on something (laughs) that would be like very good dig up weird finds at thrift stores so the listing says Bung Doctor V64 and take your questions about the best jokers Labars Martin asks what's the best or coolest weapon ever given to a mech.
1: Gundam Gusion Rebake has a really good... Give me me that one more time. Gundam Gusion Rebake. Yo, I heard you. (laughs) Gundam (laughs)
0: Gusion. I personally guarantee that listening to Channel F will make you a better, smarter, more powerful version of yourself. So go to fanbuy.com slash podcasts or search for Channel F on your podcast app of choice today. Improvement not guaranteed. Listening to Channel F may cause jokification.
1: Welcome back to the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. What the deal be? I hope you're all doing really, really well. We are talking about games that I have been playing this week. Uh, if you missed the first half of the show, we talked about Crackergate. We talked about the Game Awards and my time at the Game Awards, me becoming a global gaming citizen. Shout out to everybody at the Game Awards. Shout out to Jeff Keighley. We got to get Jeff Keighley on the show. I think once, once you know, post-show, we got to get him on to, to have him come through and rock. Um, uh, if you're watching the Twitch version of our show, uh, on the screen right now is uh, some gameplay from Seafood that I got a chance to play earlier today. So there's a preview that's out there for, for the press. I got a chance to play some, I'm, I'm sharing some of that gameplay with you here. If you're watch, if you're listening in the audio version, you might have to check out the YouTube version of the show. So you'll be able to see all the cool stuff that I'm doing and busting people's ass in Sifu. Um, this is like one of my most anticipated games of next year. I am absolutely enthralled with this game I, I you can see by the gameplay that i suck you can see that i also am just like busting people's behinds but this game sifu is something that i remember seeing slow clap come through with absolver and i loved absolver absolver was one of those games that i kind of came to and was like man i wish more people were playing this game with me i want more people to play this game because it was like You can build up your clan you can build up all these things you can like have all these dope moments where you can kind of come through and bust people up with the with the the, you know karate stuff that you've been doing um and and you know i i just think that one devolver digital they come through with really interesting games like i think they, they tie themselves to interesting properties sifu just from the visuals alone made me super excited they are nailing the aesthetic here with this kind of like interesting shaded uh way they're doing the character models and things like that but the worlds pop so like you know we're in this one moment in this one scene where we're in this club and like the neon just pops off the walls like the 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 kind of like close-up cut scenes when you wind up you know getting to a spot where you can take somebody out and you hit him with a finishing move like all of that just has like this gorgeous layer of style to it that feels visceral. And it feels like you're actually in, you know, like a John Woo movie. Like you're seeing the cameras spin around you and you're having all these enemies come at you from all these different directions. You can duck and dive and, 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 and parry stuff and like use the surroundings around you. And it's like all intuitive. None of it feels weird. It doesn't feel overly complicated. It doesn't feel, um, you know, obtuse, like the game will have a really large learning curve, I think, I think, but it will also be one in which you can kind of mash your way through. I think the most stylish versions of what you'll see in terms of combat will come from the folks who are um, learning the combos and going through the progression of the game and picking up new powers and things like that. So if you're not familiar with Sifu, Sifu is this, you know, kind of third person, uh, Kung Fu fighter, beat him up, Uh, where if you die, you wind up aging. Um, And the older that you get, the more uh, attributes you wind up having. So, you know, if you wind up dying enough, you have this mechanic where you can basically buy your way back in, but at a detriment to you from a certain layer of, um, you know, uh, combat efficiency. So like once you get to like 40 or something like that, you know, in age, you'll have more strength because you're you're kind of more uh, uh, rugged in that way. But you also have less health, right? Because you're you know you're kind you're dying the older that you get. You're getting closer to death in real life by actual aging. Um, but you wind up getting more techniques because you're smarter and you're more well-rounded. You've gotten to go into spaces where you are now uh, uh, more of a combat master because you've learned more throughout your age. So it's this interesting trade-off between age and technique. And one of the interesting things is like, you don't, the game tells you that you don't want to get, you don't want to get older. You want to stay as young as you possibly can to kind of continue through the fight. And the game is just great. It is dope. It is one of those super, super fun uh, titles that when you get a chance to like get into the trenches, you feel it. You're just like, Oh, this just feels good. Like everything from the way that the punches hit to the way that you have these obstacles around you. You can use everything around you and surroundings. Like I remember I was in one fight where I was fighting three dudes. There's a bottle on the ground. I like threw the bottle at one dude. Hit with a roundhouse kick. Turned around and got the other dude hitting with a stun. Threw that guy into a wall. Saw a bat on the ground. Kicked the bat out with my foot. Hit that dude in the face. It felt like Kill Bill meets... Absolver meets, you know, any kind of great 3D uh, third person beat them up. And it just felt so dope in all the small moments. And it has the cinematic feel that goes along with it. That just like it wraps around the whole package. So I'm just like, holy crap. This game is going to just be wild when I get a chance to actually play this in February. And I have all the tools kind of opened up to me. It feels... So dope. So, so cool. Uh, Silent Ninja in the chat asks, how does the fight feel compared to MK11 physics? So they're not comparable in that same way, I wouldn't say. I don't think that those things are the way that you would think about this. I think you would think about this game in classic, like, final fight style, right? Or, like, Streets of Rage style, where you're kind of, you know, tackling, you know, the fight with a combo system, uh, where you can kind of bounce between, you know, light punches and heavy punches. You can then have this other kind of focus, focus, uh, uh, mode where you then can pinpoint uh, certain body parts and then, you know, take somebody out that way. It's really well done, uh, in the way that it kind of all works together. It all feels very comprehensive. It all feels very fast. Um, and you always have to have your head on the swivel, the camera being behind you, but then, you know, zooming in on, on certain aspects and then zooming back out the way it tracks the player, like Ronan Wolf's Ronan Wolf says in the chat is really important because you need to be able to have, you know, visibility towards enemies that are around you. And the camera kind of broadens out a little bit when you have more people around you, but it gets closer when you have those one-on-one fights. And it just feels good because the enemies are not easy. The enemies will parry, the enemies will will duck and dive. Uh the enemies will kind of let's like, you know, move around you and figure out good ways to like dig into a fight. Some of them are passive, some of them are aggressive, some of them will wait for you to jump into the fight before they jump into the fight. It is really dope. I'm having so much fun with it. It is so good in the way that it plays and is so good in the way that it feels. I didn't want this demo to end. It's an extremely, extremely short demo. Like you really are, we're almost coming up towards the end of the demo currently, but I love the fact that you can basically decide how you want to attack foes while also being cognizant of not only the surroundings, but the people who are around you um, uh, uh, but also kind of mixing it all up all together so that you feel like you are a Kung Fu master. Like you feel like you're a martial artist in an actual, really dope way. Like it feels like you can do what you want to do, not feel hamstrung by the mechanics and also feel like you're doing it in these flourishes and these ways that feel and make you feel. Cool, like you look dope on screen when you're doing these fights. I also just love when you become older; you just go through physical changes. Like, you know, you you have this kind of top knot, top bun on your head. You know that then becomes gray. Then you grow a beard, and your beard becomes gray. Like you have all these kind of layers to the way that the aesthetics kind of work in that space. I do wonder and hope there's gonna if there's gonna be like, you know, costumes or or or, or adornments that you can have within the space that that kind of showcase that, you know, learning of, you know, technique and learning and getting better around that kind of stuff. Like if there's like ways you can physically show that within the game, besides just the kind of aging layer of it, which I think is super, super good. Uh, Lieutenant Sortham says, looks very deliberate, not mashy at all. Can't wait to try it. It is, that's the thing. And you nailed it is if you are deliberate and you can remember your, combos in a way that's like all right if i go into this combo it ends in a stun if i go into this combo it leaves an opponent open that i can throw them like you know there's these larger characters that will you know and they're on screen right now where they have heavy punches and heavy grabs and they'll grab you and just like chuck you to the ground and beat you up but if you pay attention you play slow you can kite one away and take them out then you walk around and kind of fight the other dudes, and you're like, "All right, cool. I can now, like, okay, there's a there's an ottoman here. Let me kick that ottoman into the big dude's leg, so he can he can fall. That gives me enough time to turn around and go fight the other dude, and maybe hit him with a bottle or hit him with a weapon. So it's smart in the way that you're 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 tackling these fights. Um, and you know, towards the end of this uh, particular uh, preview, uh, I'm sorry, or, or demo uh there's a boss fight and in that boss fight like that dude is just wild like he just is as smart as you as comp- uh, as accomplished as you uh understands how to duck and parry and move around the space just as well as you do and that fight wasn't easy like i think this is going to have a little bit of souls-esque ness to it in a way that is not as um as punishing as a souls game but but like you get your butt kicked in this game and it's great when you do because it makes you want to relearn the process and you can then you can abandon a run and start over from the beginning i i I don't know yet what things kind of carry over from one life to another i don't know if any of it any of it does i don't think it does because it is a roguelike in that way but all the layers here and all the things that i was thinking about when i first uh saw or heard of the game and then got a chance to kind of see the initial gameplay stuff this game went from, you know, highly anticipated on my list to must have on my list. Like this is a must play game. This is a game that I am going to be bugging, you know, uh, all the folks over on, you know, PR about like how this all works and, and can, can I get a copy of this thing? We're going to try to have the developers on here. Uh, absolutely. There's a, there's a whole other layer of some stuff that I'm going to announce very soon. Um, early in the new year, uh, about an interview series that I'm gonna, that I'm that I'm actually working on currently with various different developers, we'll be talking about that in 2022 because uh, we're partnering with a really cool partner on that. Uh, but like this game is going to be in that mix, so like you know I want to figure out you know what happens with all that stuff. Um, the Silent says, hey, how you doing? Very very good. Excited to see you. Uh, Silent Ninja asks, can you say what happens when you die of old age? I haven't done that yet. I want to see what happens if you get too old. So basically, what would happen is you would get into a fight like this, die a whole bunch of times until you got really old, and then I don't know what happens yet. So I'm going to find out what what happens there tonight uh, w- with that whole thing. I'm going to see where that lands and then what it, what it kind of what it kind of does. Um, I, I would I would think that in a demo like this, it would let you do that. So I think I think it'll be fine once once I check that stuff out. So. Um, Definitely more stuff to think about when it comes to Sifu. Sifu is definitely the game that has me amazingly hyped. I am like ridiculously excited for it. It's going to be wild as hell to be able to see what that game is going to wind up being when it winds up coming out into the world. Um, and yeah, we'll have we'll have way more information about that stuff coming very, very soon. So uh, we're almost out of time for, for this week's episode of Spawn On Me. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about before we go is one, again, use that code, uh, spawn when you go to atarivcs.com and you can go to Best Buy, you can go to micro center, you can go to gamestop.com and and go cop one, uh, make sure you go and doing that. If you look at my Twitter, uh, today, I'm going to be sending out some codes. So if you buy one, I'm going to send you some codes for some games that are going to be on that system as well. So make sure you're checking out social media on the Khalif at Khalif Adams Twitter account. But before we go for this episode, I do want to talk about one other thing that did get talked about during the game awards. And that is the Spawnies. The Spawnies are happening. Our award show, our game of the year award show is happening. It is actually going to be a real thing. It's not just a shirt, which you can go cop on. RT public site. Um, The premise of this show is that from top to bottom, literally pretty much 90% of everyone you see in that show, when it airs, is gonna be all underrepresented and and, and marginalized folks. It's gonna be all PLC folks. Everyone from people who are gonna be presenters, folks who are gonna be winning the awards. uh, You know, I'm gonna be hosting it with Rihanna Manuel from G four. So we're going to break some ground when it comes to the video game award show space, I don't think, and I, and again, chat, keep me honest, internet, keep me honest, I don't think there has ever been a game of the year award show that has had two black hosts and has had the fundamental premise for why it's there is to showcase underrepresented developers, brown and black developers, people of color in that in that award show i don't think it's been a thing i don't think it's ever happened before and i think unless someone can give me another example of it i think we would be the first ones who are actually ever going to be able to do this so i am extremely excited for that um i think it's a thing that's necessary um i think again somebody's going to definitely try to compare our show to the to the game awards and that's dumb because that's not like, our show was not the Game Awards. We're not going to be breaking, you know, uh, uh, new new ground in that way. We're not going to be doing world premieres because this is year one of this show. And it's a show that's been, jun- been, been done just by one person. G- Jeff Keeley has, like, a, a team of, like, 20. <laughs> uh, but I think what we're going to bring to the table is some fun stuff that's going to be really dope. And I think what's going to be extremely exciting is the fact that like we get to do a show that is kind of for us by us in in a lot of ways. I do want to show one thing, um, if I can find it really quickly, uh, because I want to get you all excited about some of the stuff that's coming. And I think, you know, getting a chance to see, you know, some of the things that are going to be in there. Is, is pretty dope. Like, I think I think people are going to be excited about it. I think people are going to be really hyped for what the show is going to wind up being. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be debuting Hellblade 3, and I'm not going to be debuting uh, Mortal Kombat 12 um, as much as I would like to. I would absolutely love to be able to do that. I'm just not going to be able to do that. <laughs> I want to. I want to do it. I'll show you one bumper, though as a teaser for what's coming. And I'll show this this one time and you're not gonna see it again until the Spawnies go live. <coughs> so we had the amazing fam Spawn as a special guest. Of course, we gotta have Spawn as a special guest. He's gonna come through, absolutely. Um, Here's a bumper for one of our awards. I'm gonna show it and here, here we go. It doesn't have music or anything yet cause that's coming, but here. Check this out. So our sports award is coming. If you've ever been a fan of the Spawnies, uh, you know how dope it is when we have our Spawnies come through with the conversations about Willis Reed, you big dummy. Uh, if you've been an old school Spawn On Me fan, you know where that reference comes from. Uh, we have a lot of great art coming, a lot of dope stuff coming in that space with those kinds of things. So we have we have a lot of dope things on the move for that kind of conversation, and I think you know the Swannies are going to be a very fun and chill show. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to be able to do that stuff with all of you at home, um, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna rock and and have a fantastic uh, award show uh, coming to you in January. So uh, stick around. I'm gonna hang out with the with the chat for a couple of minutes post show. Uh, if you're listening to everybody else's shows, don't listen to Swan on me. Make sure you go subscribe. Make sure you go put out the good word about all the cool stuff that we're doing here in Bricago. Uh, if you're new to the chat, welcome again. If you are a, a Bricago resident already, thank you every thank you for being here this and every week uh, to make sure that Swan Me continues to get bigger and reps in the ways that it can. Uh, everybody else who's in chat, hang out. Uh, if you're watching the live show, if you're listening on the audio version, we'll see you all next week. Much love and peace.